are witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Jesus gave Nicodemus three earthly illustrations so that he could understand one spiritual truth. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you know someone that needs to be born again? Jesus said he must. Think of that person that you know that's never been born again. They're not saved. They're not ready for heaven. Jesus said of that person, he must be born again. Says of that woman, she must be born again. Jesus would say of that little boy, he must. That little girl, she must be born again. It's imperative We have three illustrations. The first one tonight, the first illustration, is a birth. In chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus wants Nicodemus to understand this. And so he gives him this first illustration. He says it's like a birth. It's like a physical birth. You must be born again. Now, Nicodemus was born of the lineage of Abraham. He was born of the right line. He was of God's chosen people, Abraham. Think of who this man was. He was a religious leader. He was a premier religious leader. He was one of the best men that the Holy Spirit could have chosen as an example to show us The need for someone to be born again. He was a religious man. He was a good man as far as men go. He was a praying man. He was a man who fasted. Yeah. But he's keeping the Jewish law, everything in the Old Testament. I mean, he even of his herbs that he grew in his garden, he would tithe. 10% 10% of his herbs. He, he gave to the Lord. He gave alms to the poor. All of these things. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. Uh, he, was, he was at the top, folks. He was at the top. And Jesus says of this man, even though he was born of Abraham's seed, Jesus said, you must be born again. That means that he was born wrong the first time. Now, if Nicodemus, a man who was in keeping with the Old Testament, although he sought it by works, but a man who was in keeping with the Old Testament and lived a righteous life and a religious life, if he had to be born again, well, certainly that means that we have to be born again. I don't know about you, but before I got saved, I was not a religious person. God was not even in my thoughts most of the time. Uh, I tried to avoid God. I certainly did not pray. I did not go to church. None of those things. But he says, you must be born again. And he gives them this illustration of a birth. And you know what? In John chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This verse 
in John chapter 3 is a contested verse. It's a misunderstood verse. And it's controversial because of the way that it's taught and explained. And because there's a variety of explanations for John chapter 3, verse 5. But if we just follow what Jesus is saying in the context, verse 3 says you must be born again. If you don't, you cannot see the kingdom of God. In other words, we can think of it this way. If you don't get born again, you're not going to go to heaven. Verse 4, Nicodemus saith unto him. Okay, he's replying now. And Nicodemus, he understands exactly what he's saying. Okay, he says, how can a man be born when he is old? By this time, Nicodemus was an old man. His mother may not even have been alive at the time. But he says, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb? So Nicodemus understood that Jesus said, born again. That's why he said the second time. That's why if you have a Bible that's translated born from above, it's an unfortunate mistranslation. The correct translation is born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. Nicodemus understood it that way. And he said, how can I be born a second time? Born again. How can this be? And then he scoffs, really. Jokingly says, can I enter into my mother's womb and be born? Even if he would enter into his mother's womb a thousand times and be born, it wouldn't save him. Can I, can, who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one, Job said. You know what? When we're born of a natural birth, the Bible says we're unclean. Unclean. The Bible says many things about a person in their lost condition. It says that they're dead in trespasses and sins. That means a spiritual death. Spiritually dead. And it's the spirit that needs to be born again. It says that we're enemies in our minds by wicked works. It says that we're without God. It says that we, like sheep, go astray from God. We're literally living in rebellion with weapons in our hands fighting against God. We're literally children of the devil, Jesus said. You have your father, the devil. John the Apostle also said that if you're not born of God, you're not God's child. This is a paraphrase. You're not God's child. You're a children of the devil. You're a child of the devil, is what John the Apostle would say in 1 John. He says, you must be born again. And he understood he was talking about a second birth. And he understood, first of all, he was picking up on the illustration, thinking a natural birth, okay? So he says, how can I be born again of this natural birth of my mother's womb? Verse 5, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. And right there is where the misunderstanding comes in. What does it mean to be born of water and of the Spirit? What does that mean? Of the water and of the Spirit. So I'd like to... Uh, grab a tissue right here. That's, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, that's going to be my first explanation that I'm going to give you. Okay. So think of it this way. If I draw... a water drop. Okay. I draw this water drop, and we, we think of, he says, born of the water, born of water and of the Spirit. Okay? If, if we say that that water is a symbol, 
If we say that that's a symbol, that's a question mark. If we say that that's a symbol, water, okay, over here, he says of water and of the Spirit. Over here, he says the Spirit, but he doesn't give a symbol. He just says the Spirit, capital S. There's no symbol. Later on, he talks about wind as being a symbol of the Holy Spirit. The dove is a symbol of the Holy Spirit at Jesus' baptism. But he doesn't give a symbol. So there's no symbol. This just occurred to me in my study. That's kind of an aside. But let me give you the three, um, well, let's just say it's both. Water and of the Spirit. Both of them. Here's the three major explanations. First is the heresy. What is a heresy? A heresy is a false teaching. It's an error. And it's a heresy. And normally, when you talk about heresies, it's usually connected to something that is a false teaching regarding salvation, the teaching of salvation in the Bible. Those are the ones we're mostly concerned with. But the heresy of baptismal regeneration, that's the first way that this has been taught, referring to the water as being baptism, as being water baptism. That's the heresy that's taught there. You know what the problem is with that? The Bible's clear that we are saved by faith only. The Bible's very, very crystal clear that we're saved by faith only. The Bible never equates baptism with salvation. It never does that. We're saved by faith only. Look at chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12. Jesus says here, but as many as received, or not Jesus, but John is writing here, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that are baptized. No, it says, even to them that believe on his name. If you believe on his name, you can become a son of God. You're born into the household of God, the family of God. By what? By believing on His name. In the Gospel of John, belief in some form, believed, believeth, believes, is almost a hundred times, I counted 98 times, I think that's accurate, but almost a hundred times, it says, believe, 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 believe. In John chapter 3, Yes. Yep. Yeah, and belief is what damns you. John chapter 3, verse 15. Jesus, in the context, explains to him what he wants him to do. Remember, he's given him three earthly illustrations to explain to Nicodemus what he must do. And Jesus explains plainly what it means. Verse 15 that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have. Eternal life. And we know of many other places in the Bible. But it's a heresy to teach baptismal regeneration because the Bible requires faith, not baptism. And baptism is for believers only. Think of that. When you think of baptism, do not, we, we cannot be moved away from these basics. And it's so easy for us to. But these are basics that are set in stone. They're facts, and facts are stubborn things. In the Bible, baptism is for believers only. If you're not a believer, you best not get baptized. Your baptism doesn't mean anything. 
So you have to believe first. What does believing do? It regenerates you, makes you a child of God. Okay? The second uh, explanation given for this is that the water is a symbol for the word. That the water means the word of God. Now this is accepted by many fundamentalists, but fundamentalists are wrong about a lot of things. This is accepted by many, but it's not true to the context. And what they do is they cite verses like, and I'll, read, I'll just read this to you, they cite verses like Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, which is good. It's, it's the Bible, it's good. But they cite this as an explanation for water, Ephesians chapter 5, and verse number uh, 23. Do I have that right? Ephesians 5 and verse number 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it, Jesus talking about Jesus and the church, with the washing of water by the word. The water of the word sanctifies and cleanses the church. So water is used as a symbol for the word of God. You can also think of that as, as 1 Peter 1.23, that we're born again by incorruptible seed by the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God, we're born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. In other words, think about that like this. You have the seed of the Word of God. Imagine a little wheat seed or barley seed. Okay, 1 Peter 1.23, being born again by incorruptible seed, by the Word of God, we're born again, it says. And God, by His Holy Spirit, takes the, the seed of the Word of God and puts it into the heart and plants it into the Word, into the heart. And the seed is in there and it is germinated and by the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said, by the water and of the Spirit, and that you're given a spiritual birth in verse 6. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So you're born of the Spirit. Now, this is true. This is true, absolutely. This is solid biblical teaching, okay? But is that what Jesus said when he said, you must be born of water and of the Spirit? That is a, a, an explanation of it that sounds good on the surface, but it does not match the context of what Jesus said. When you're studying the Bible, the first thing you want to understand before you go anywhere else is you want to understand the context. You say, what's that? It's the verses that go before it and the verses that are after it. Sometimes it's the context of the entire book that you're reading. You need to understand that too. But you've got to understand the context. And that context, if you understand that, and if that gives you the clear explanation of what you're studying, well, you say, okay, it looks pretty clear that that's what this means. Then you go to comparing Scripture with Scripture, and then you will get the whole counsel of God on this thing. But you always start in the context. You start in this context, and look what it says. The third explanation is that being born of water refers to a water birth. And that is true to the context. When you're born, you're born, and everybody who's ever had a baby knows that the, the water breaks, the amniotic fluid comes out, and when that baby is born, that baby is born soaking wet. Everybody knows that. Now, in the context, read these three verses with me. 
Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? There's a natural birth. That's in the context right before this verse. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, the water birth. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In verse 4, Nicodemus talks about a fleshly birth. In verse 6, Jesus replies and talks about a fleshly birth and then moves him on to the illustration of the fleshly birth that teaches him a spiritual truth, moves him on to that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Now, Jesus said you must be born again. And if you don't change your Bible and say it means a heavenly birth or born from above, no, it doesn't. It means born again. Which, by the way, the words translated born again can mean both again and heavenly birth from above, again or above. Now let's see if that, first of all, that, yeah, that explanation matches the context. Let's see if that matches Scripture when you compare Scripture to Scripture. All right? Now take your Bible and go with me in your Bibles and go with me to, let's take eyes, uh, well, let's go to Genesis, let's go to Isaiah 48. We'll save some time. Isaiah 48. Now Jesus is talking to. A Hebrew of the Hebrews. He's talking to a Pharisee. He's a conservative Jew, and he's on the member of the Sanhedrin, uh, 70 elders, the uh, Sanhedrin. Isaiah, or excuse me, Isaiah 48.1. Okay, he's talking to a man who knows the Old Testament law. He knows the prophets. Pharisee, Pharisees hung out with doctors of the law. Those are people who were professional teachers and people who upheld the uh, keeping of the law. Okay, Isaiah 48.1. So when Jesus spoke to Nicodemus, would he have understood the word as being a symbol of, uh, the water as being a symbol of the word? No. The Old Testament does not talk about water being a symbol of the word of God. What it does talk about water being a symbol of is in Isaiah 48.1. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by the name of Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah. You say, what's the waters of Judah? It's a, it's a synonym for the birth, for the lineage for the children that Judah had. It's a synonym for that. Which swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel, but not in truth, not in righteousness. All right? Compare that with Proverbs. Go to Proverbs chapter 5. Water is a symbol, or it's used as a euphemism or a synonym for having children. Being blessed with a family. So you look at Proverbs and you go to Proverbs chapter 5. And see, if you're reading your Bible through in a year and then you start back over again and you read it again, the more that you read it, you start to. When I, when I heard somebody say the water is the natural birth, then I immediately thought, yeah, I remember in Proverbs reading about 
uh, drink from your own cistern and your water's flowing in the street. And I understood that that meant the family. Uh, be faithful. Be, a, be a, a man of one woman and be faithful to your family. Uh, and, be, and be happy that you're blessed with a family and with children. I remember thinking about that. You know why I thought about that? Because I didn't have any children. I thought, man, I wish I did have waters flowing in the streets, but I don't. Verse 15, drink waters out of thine own cistern. That means don't be a loser uh, and run around on your spouse. And running waters out of thine own well. What's he talking about? Well, the Jews knew good and well what he was talking about. Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad. Water, water everywhere. Rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be only thine own and not strangers with thee. You know what he's saying? Be ravaged with your wife. Make sure you keep up a good love life and good romantic life and have plenty of children. Multiply and replenish the earth. And let your, let it, let your rivers... Just be happy. Be a family man. Enjoy what God gave you to enjoy. You study that thing, find out that's talking about children. It's talking about a natural birth. Now you come up into John chapter 3, you got a man who's sitting down talking to Nicodemus, and that man is the man who gave you those words. He, okay? He's, 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 he's sitting there having an interview with God himself, and this is God's book. And so when God speaks, you start reading about water and start talking about born again, you automatically say, okay, up to this point, we are dealing with the Gospels and the Old Testament. Nothing else has been written. You know, up to this account here, you see. It's just, it's clear. With all of that evidence, the context and comparing Scripture with Scripture, with all of that evidence, knowing that this cannot be a symbol because water being used as a symbol for the Word of God didn't happen in the Old Testament. It happened in the New Testament with the teaching of the apostles who haven't even been, you know, made apostles yet. They're still disciples. They haven't started their ministry. They haven't started their writing. It's so clear. The, the interpretation of that, the explanation of that, born twice, born once of a natural birth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Somebody said it this way. If you're born once, you'll die twice. You'll die physically, and your soul will die. When God says to you, depart from me, and when you're separated from God forever... And a place of torment with all the fire in it. That's the second death. But if you're born twice, born natural of a water birth and born second of a spiritual birth, then you only die one time. Praise the Lord. And death is just a separation from this world. It's not a separation from God. It's just a separation from God's people. I was talking to a woman who has got to be one of the favorite Christian women of mine that I've ever met. Her name is Judy Edmonds, and she is one of the most spiritual women I've ever known, and she's a soul winner and all of that, and I have no problem praising her and bragging on her. And her husband, Gary Edmonds, he came from the 50s and the 60s rock and roll era, and he's one of those guys, he wanted to be Elvis so bad, had the hairdo and everything, played the guitar and played in the, uh, the sock hop or whatever dances in the high schools, you know, and and uh, when everybody got together and played rock and roll and they all danced around in their socks and stuff like that. Well, Gary got saved and became a, a great evangelist and was a great encourager to me. But he went home to be with the Lord probably because he wouldn't stop eating hamburgers and drinking Coca-Cola and drinking milkshakes. But um, 
He went home to be with the Lord, and now Judy Edmonds is still here. And today, just today, I sent her that, that prayer request of those churches that need pastors. And I said, would you pray for these people? And, and she's got Parkinson's disease, and she's struggling with a lot of things. Almost died of COVID, very close to it. And uh, I, I love her dearly as a sister in Christ. And um, there's a woman who, who knows what it means to be born again. But when she dies, and when she goes... She's going to be separated from us. And I told her in the text, I said, I'm glad we have you here for a little bit longer. But um, she's only going to be separated from us for a little time. But then she's going to go be reunited with her husband. She's only going to die once, physically, because she's trusted Jesus Christ. And she's led many people to the Lord. And she's been a great comfort and a counselor to me and many other people like me. But uh, she's only going to die once. So now, the second illustration that he gives is the brazen serpent. Verses 14 and 15, we'll spend less time here. Second illustration in verse 14, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He's speaking of himself. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now hold on a minute. He's talking about a second earthly illustration Remember he says, if I've told you of earthly things in verse 12, the second earthly illustration that, that Nicodemus knows about. He knew about what water meant in the Old Testament in referring to a birth. He knows about the serpent, the brazen serpent on the pole that Moses, he propped up in the air. You remember what happened? Uh, the children of Israel were uh, wanting to go through Edom on their way coming up to the promised land. And the king of Edom said, you're not coming through my land. You better stay off my land. And I got a no trespassing sign out there. And I'll get you if you don't. And so they said, okay, well, fine. And they, so they had to compass the land. They had to go around and take a lot more time and stuff like that. And they're all weary travelers anyways. And, but they started to complain against Moses and against the Lord. And the Lord doesn't like it uh, when his people start to complain. And so he sent fiery serpents. And these poisonous serpents bit the people who were complaining. And those who were bitten, first of all, had to realize, I have been bitten. I have poison running through my veins. I am going to die. And, but God said to Moses, he said, because Moses was praying for him, you know, he's a good pastor, <laughs> praying for his people. And Moses starts praying, and the Lord says, okay, take a pole, make a brazen serpent like those fiery serpents, put it up on the pole, put it up in the air, and then tell the people that if they'll look at that serpent... They can look and live, right? They had to have their faith in that object. That's what God wanted them to do. Now, there must have been people sitting around saying, that's silly. I'm not going to look up at some serpent. It doesn't even make sense. I'm going to go home. I'm going to talk to the apothecary. I'm going to ask my mom, or my, my mom or my wife to make up some kind of a potion for me and fix me up with something, and I'll drink it, and it'll take care of that poison, you know, and, and uh, we'll see if we can't get an antidote. And those people died in their sins. There might have been other people who were saying, you know, it doesn't make much sense to me, but I realize I've been bitten. I realize I have something coursing through my veins that's poisonous that's going to kill me. And I'm going to look to that brazen serpent, which, which is also an act of repentance, saying, I'm sorry for what I did, God, and I'm taking, you know, your cure to fix me. So they looked and they lived. 
And Jesus was saying that I'm going to be put up onto a cross. I'm going to be lifted up. And you know, years later, Nicodemus got it. He got the point. Years later, it would have been Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea who went and said, can we have the body of Jesus? After he had been crucified and after he was, he was dead, they took his body down, his lifeless body off of that cross. And Nicodemus looked at, uh, at Jesus now and, and, and remembered that he said, I have to be lifted up just like that brazen serpent. And I bet you for then on, Nicodemus said, all you have to do is just look to Christ crucified with a look of faith. And you've got a poison running in your veins and it's sin and it's deadly and it's going to kill you. And the only remedy is to look and to live. And when you do that, that look, not a baptism, a look of faith. You didn't do anything. God did it. And all you got to do is look with faith. That's your part. So there's the third illustration and then the, or the second, excuse me, now the third. The wind, in verse 7 and 8. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Now, Clarence Larkin said this, if you must, then you can. Right? If it's a necessity, if God says, listen, you have to do this. Have you done it? You have to do this. Have you done it? Have you been born again? And if he says, if God says you have to do something... That means that you can. That means that you can. And so we might not know how exactly it all works. We might, not, we might say it's silly. It doesn't make sense. There has to be more to it. More than just simple belief. There has to be more. It, it can't be right that I can just believe and then be saved. You're telling me that that's all it takes. Yeah, that's all it takes. And we might not understand it all. He said, the, well, verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. You might even say, I don't understand. I feel like I'm a pretty good person. Have you been born again? You need to be born again. You're not a better person than Nicodemus was. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Okay, he's using the earthly illustration of the wind. When wind blows, it goes wherever it wants to. And we hear the sound thereof, but we don't know where it's coming from. All we can see is the effects of it, right? We can see it on the water. We can see it blowing the tree limbs around. We can see it blowing sometimes flower petals or uh, pollen, <laughs> you know, a big cloud of pollen. And sometimes you see that, don't you? And uh, we can see the effects of it. So in other words, we might not understand everything about the new birth, but when somebody's born again, you can see the effects of it in a changed life. And uh, you know it works. We don't just believe on Jesus and live however we want. No, when you get saved, it completely changes your life. And others can see the effects. Can people see the effects in your life? Can people tell that you're saved? They ought to be able to tell. You ought to be talking about, oh man, I trusted Jesus Christ. I got saved. I love reading the Bible. Let me tell you what I learned about the other day. I learned where the rainbow came from. You know, People know when you got saved. Things change. Well, we'll stop there. But now listen, baptism is for believers only. It's for believers only. Have you believed on Christ for salvation? He says in verse number 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Verse 36, He that believeth on the Son... 
hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Let's go ahead and pray together. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you tonight for the clarity of Scripture. I thank you, Lord, for this simple truth, something that we need to know. We need to get back to being grounded in the Word of God. And Lord, there's people who don't understand. And just like the wind blowing here and there, and they don't understand how this new birth works. And can it really be that easy? All it is is just belief. Uh, But Lord, I know there's so much more to it. There's what you have done. And there's the work of your Spirit that's blowing around here and there. And we don't know where your Spirit's going and what He's doing all the time, but we can sure see the effects of it. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you came by my way one day. And Lord, I'm so thankful that you blew into my life. And uh, Lord, I pray for those in this area. I pray that they'd not be duped by a heresy of baptismal regeneration, that they wouldn't be fooled by some other gospel, but that they'd believe the simple gospel of faith and, uh, and then just get saved and then work on trying to learn some things and understand some things after that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. All right. Chatty Kathy. I'm going to leave on Sunday afternoon, and I have a friend who's coming down to, to preach Sunday night. This Sunday? Yeah.